afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep, a podcast about movies and friendship. This is season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, and we are just four guys on a slowly turning antique Ferris wheel playing a very long movie-watching game. Um, don't step outside. I can open this door at any moment. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Falcone. I'm recording, as always, from North Koreatown in Los Angeles, and I am going to do the exact same intros that i did for our uh christmas episode this year for our secret santa episode make more sense this time and you didn't get any of them so i'm gonna do it again and now all three of you will understand what's happening first up joining me on this panel he's at anthony lopez part two anthony lopez part two on twitter in southeast portland i don't want to see another murder and you were born to be murdered it's anthony lopez alex leave death to the professionals (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good one too also joining us he's the co-host of old gamers almanac podcast about old-timey video games he's from the woods of brooklyn he's about the worst racketeer that ever made a dirty living in this city it's hunter donaldson hey i'm the third man i bet that's the bit i did <laughs> i bet i said hey i'm the third man it check it. that would have been Seriously, a good riff. audience go check i want to know if i'm this consistent i will not check myself you check for me now and email us also joining us around at the panel in northern california he's a poor chap happy as a lark and without a scent it's ezra fox Dude. uh a lot of good your money will do you in jail <laughs> I think in jail, money is still helpful. Am I wrong about that? I think money's still money in jail, yeah. That's a great point. (laughs) Um, Yes, a lot of good it'll do me in jail. It's true. (laughs) Thank you for the sound financial advice. Well, it really depends on how the cigarette market is doing, you know, because there's like a conversion rate from dollars to cigarettes. And I think you have to do like a thing where you're, people have to put like your friends or family put money in an account of some, there's like a, and there's a huge Mm. fee. Anyway, but still, it does seem like being rich is better in almost every circumstance. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how else are you going to afford that toilet hooch, you know, and those... (laughs) smuggled in cell phones by, uh, by the way terrible spin-off toilet and hooch i thought that was not a very toilet, good show yeah. toilet and hooch <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good it's, it's pretty funny because i said I it like weird it. so it took you guys longer yeah. to get it but that was well the, i got it right away the them them having the dog drink the hooch and go blind in the second episode was a bad sad. creative choice yeah, yeah i don't like just it just really where do you go from there you know <laughs> this episode as all of our episodes are is brought to you by our fantastic and gullible meat buddies who have somehow been convinced to pay full price for a show that's free so wow. pretty much everywhere you can just get this most yeah. of you just doesn't cost anything but if you we, wish it did cost you something go to metreon.com and you can pay money for the thing you already have look it's you even can, worse you, yeah you can like you know go and get a show for free or you can say i'm a patron of the arts that's yeah. true you are yeah. a, a support, patron yeah. of the arts yeah just, yeah. just cut down on your NFTs this month. You yeah. know what I mean? Set aside some of your NFT money and be a patron. Yeah. Send us all your ETH. You're building uh, wings for you in our mind palace of reading in a week. You know, yeah. we have the meat buddies donating full wings. It's very beautiful in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say it's actually even worse because we're selling them a cut down, a watered down version of the show as well. Um, you know, for 70, uh, 70 pounds to the, to the vial. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. This oh, is going to, yeah, yeah. you're going to end up in a hospital. It's not great for you. <laughs> this is the, we even gave you the bad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually, this whole podcast we stole from the military and then we just added a bunch of bullshit so it would go further. <laughs> Metreon.com is you where you can go. Penicillin. You got to taste it. Make sure there's no baby powder in there. You know, that's how they get you. It's every time. That's they cut it with. <laughs> so I'm yeah. always licking my penicillin. Um, yeah. Metreon.com if you want to support the show and become a Patreon of the arts. Um, <sighs> before we start talking about this movie that we've been hinting at a lot, this uh, segment one, the news. Um, just people are loving this personal update at the beginning, um, I assume. So I'm going to just do another quick personal update. Album is no out. No one's telling you to stop. I really appreciate the support from everybody. The, uh, Didn't we suggest that you should stop, actually, like kind of recently? I thought we did suggest that. No you... one is telling you enough. I don't remember. Just like you don't remember what riff you had five episodes ago. I don't remember when you told me to stop doing this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't ahead, sound like something I'd listen to. I just, I just well, thought I... you guys would like to know that I was briefly number two on iTunes behind Bo Burnham. So oh, I beat everybody but Bo. Yeah. 
I've always yeah, wanted getting, you to be behind that guy, you know? You're getting real, like, empowered with it now. You started out very bashful with all this, being like, oh, I got something I kind of want to talk you, about. Wait, I don't st- still sound horribly embarrassed? Like, I was so embarrassed no, just now bringing it up. No, you're proud. You're literally waving your nah, dick no, around on the Zoom call. That's not weird. true. That is you not true. It, this is a shirt off for some reason. I'm this is sure a vegetarian that. sausage, and it's you have to prep it by spinning it like a helicopter yeah. at waist <laughs> level it's a food preparation it's a french technique this is, this is still very impressive because that's what they say about bo is that bo knows comedy and, and so <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> that mm-hmm. is a current reference <laughs> was that, is that early 80s when was the bo knows commercials that was a long time ago good for you um it is. I, I do feel like I was a little annoyed. I was would have liked to have gotten number one, but Bo has been number one on the comedy album charts for thirty four consecutive weeks. And there's a lot right. of people who are way better at comedy than me who have released albums in the last six months. So right, and it's inside, right? That's yeah, yeah. It's it's inside one. the song, so it's just the yeah. songs from a net. So yeah. he had the biggest possible advertising platform an hour on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's and the like dark side also, of the moon of comedy, you know. Yeah, people do say so, that if you if you um, play that while you're watching the special, you can hear the song twice from different speakers, <laughs> just like in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, just like the Wizard yeah. of Oz, you can be if you're high, especially. Oh, if you're. But you I was really above high. Weird Al, and what's great about that Weird Al's greatest hits is that mine are my only hits, and his are the greatest ones. So I did Whoa. it with my. This is cheating both ways. These are songs, guys. This is not. I, this is a different thing. I right? couldn't. Music? I couldn't agree more. We have a category yeah. for that already. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. To God, with music. Ezra, what are you, you Moke Marin? All of a sudden, <laughs> saying comedy music isn't comedy. Yeah. Jesus, I mean, you're the first person to look, you're the first person we, to tell Bo Burnham he's not doing real comedy. No, I'm just saying, you know, it's just a different set, it's just a different category. There's oh, we locking music. the gates now? All of a sudden, is that what we're doing? Tell me about your cats. How are they? No. Ez, are you going to ask who my guys are next? Is that what we're doing? I don't know any of these references, but you're doing a good job. Well, what's great about Lock the Gates is that it is a reference to Mark Maron's podcast where he would say something like this, but also you're being a gatekeeper of what is comedy, so it's perfect. Yep. All yeah. right, fine. Only one, only one of you gets to be comedy, and now, Alex, you have to have music. Are you happy now? <laughs> we could. I, comedy would be fine if we kicked inside off, though. That I mean, it's depressing. It's really depressing It is largely sometimes. depressing. Uh, I'm writing iTunes right now. Inside made me depressed. You did. It I, and my favorite thing about the special on Netflix was that he like bought some really cool cameras and ran the cables everywhere um, with no cable management and just looked like a fun visual. None of that's on the yeah. album. You're losing all of that. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, you got to see that. You got to see the messy cables. You got to see that he He bought all of these really expensive lighting rigs for these songs. And then mistreated all of them. Yeah, and exactly. Okay, so that's me. Um, Vanilla is... not a single Zetho in the entire fucking album either. (laughs) Very good point. Um, Also in the news, in bigger news this week, um, not quite as big as my album release, but also important from the weekend, the Super Owl happened. The Super Owl. Is the super? What, what are you, superb how are you owl. saying it like that? The, the superb, superb owl? owl. Are you not familiar with this, the superb owl, Hunter? You're is on that the internet. Like the puppy owl. ball? Is that like the no, puppy no, ball? No, no, no. So, so this, I think this was a Reddit thing where somebody got Reddit slash Super Bowl, and yeah. there's no spaces, and so they decided to make it just a thing about owls being superb. So if you put the space one level over, letter over. Instead of Super Bowl, it's Superb Owl. And so then they just post really cool owl pics every year mm-hmm. for this time. Um, for big owl, owl community. And if you do hashtag Super Bowl, it's the same thing, Superb Owl. So anyway, the Super Bowl happened. And there's a couple things from it that were, I think, relevant to us. Um, the first is um, we're renaming our podcast from Read and Weep to Read and Weep brought to you by CryptoScam.com. That's just how the Heck world is. Yeah. We just have to do it. Cryptoscam.com. Is, Ma- is Matt Damon coming on the show to tell everybody they suck <laughs> if they don't buy NFTs? A series of celebrities <laughs> are here to make the questionable decision of endorsing <laughs> NFTs. Um, I'm really glad Larry Larry David is doing some commercials now. That guy really needs the money. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly he couldn't survive stuff? without crypto yeah. money. That's awesome. I do. F- yeah, he did a big crypto ad, and it, it like the thing is. If you do an ad for like something that's not super, if you're like, oh, this is my Doritos ad, which is like not great for humanity, probably it's not healthy for whatever. But this is like investment advice. Like even if you believe yeah. that crypto yes. could is going to go up, if uh-huh. you, you're doing an ad for a volatile investment thing, and that right. feels mm. gross. I don't think 
Is that a, is that legal to do? I thought you were supposed to say this is not. Two out of every three commercials was for a. Well, no, because they're not for the actual thing. They're for like crypto trading platforms. Yeah. Um, I think that it's really great that they got Larry David because I can't think of a worse sign for crypto that they got Larry <laughs> David to do a commercial. Yeah. The most easily corruptible celebrity <laughs> that you can imagine is hawking crypto. It this didn't, is great. It didn't work for me. It didn't make me want to do it. Yeah. What I love about the Super Bowl in general, though, is if you just like, what bubble is this current bubble? The Super Bowl will tell you. Whatever is, if it's pets.com or whatever, they're going to show you at the Super right. Bowl. Uh-huh. Did um I didn't watch it this year um but did Silent Scientology advertise this year? The I last didn't... few years, Scientology has always had an ad at the Super Bowl, which is like so. Awesome. Were, were those all like, national or fact... were they regional ads? I, I'm not because sure. because usually wasn't I, following you, close enough. Most of it's national, but then you there's like every local market can sell like three ads and make all their yeah. money for the year. Hmm. Um. And there was there was a funny thing like The Verge did a, a a thing like five six years ago where they the tech blog where they bought the cheapest Super Bowl ad available in America which is like one media market in Montana for like seven hundred dollars and it was like just, it was a great shenanigan but yeah I don't I did not see one this year I didn't pay per- close attention because I do not care that much but I really like a snack party so I like the opportunity to eat snacks in the afternoon but I did not see one so it's if if they did exist maybe it was not in LA I don't know. Yeah. Guys, I, I got some good news and bad news about so CryptoScam.com. CryptoScam.com is taken, yeah. but God. I can give you Crypto Chameleon, um, Crypto Defrauder, <laughs> or Crypt Scams. If in case you want to be about, well, I mean, oh right, crypt so maybe scam. all this like it's not it's not CryptoScam.com, it's Crypt a Scam, the Irish version. <laughs> <laughs> the question isn't is the website available the question is is the space on the blockchain available can we get crypto scam on the blockchain Uh-oh. take that to the moon watch the line go up blockchain line goes scam? up um yeah. the other thing that i thought was interesting and i was chatting with anthony about this on our on our discord but um there was an ad for a new marvel property seemingly featuring a mummy and i i'm first of all furious i was not consulted but second of all anthony will you explain to me again what is the marvel mummy thing that's happening i thought it looked like a movie but you said it's a disney plus series it's a disney plus series starring oscar isaac uh based off you know uh marvel has this incredible skill of taking uh c-less c-less superheroes and making them a-list and they're at the they burn through all their c-list Right. They burn through all their D-list. We're at the E-list <laughs> now, baby. And they're busting up Moon Knight to the main roster. But yeah, I don't know anything Wait, about him, really. You don't, you've not a, you're like, not a big Moon Knight fan? No. I like the memes of Moon Knight. There's a lot of good frames. He's a... He's a uh, he's like Batman, but crazier, and has the powers of an Egyptian moon god. Yeah. Uh, and he's being played by Oscar Isaac. Uh, and it, it looks pretty good. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. But. I mean, you said like they have the ability to bump things up from the the C list to the to the All Stars. Um, I think they have mostly the money to just make the thing, mm. even if no one wants the IP. Right. But but if they can actually make this thing that no one cares I, about really good, that is a, a very separate. Skill. I mean, that's like, dude, like Iron Man was a C list yes, hero yes. before. Iron, Iron Man, you know, Captain America was well known, but he wasn't like, he wasn't hanging out with the big boys. He yeah. wasn't in, being invited to, you know, Superman's Super Bowl party. Right. Uh, right, like, you know, Batman, the Spider-Man, and the X-Men gotta go to every year. But yeah, like, all of these heroes, I mean, who the fuck ever knew what Guardians of the Galaxy was besides, like, real ins- like insular comic communities before yeah. that? Yeah. And now everyone, my mom loves Groot. Can you wrap your head around the fact that my mom not only knows what Groot is, but loves that little tree man? I would say it's surprising she knows. It is clear and obvious that she would love, right? I mean, Groot is irresistible. Yeah. 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 Groot is basically a perfect character. I mean, this is a a trope forever, which is if you make a character who can only say their own name, America loves that character. Yeah. Pokemon. Mm. Right Pokemon, yeah. classic oh, Smurfs. Uh, people love a character that just says their name. I want to yeah, find out the Wikipedia characters um, say their own y- name. Y- Timmy from South Park. Mm. People love the it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Schmoo, classic. The Schmoo? We heard you. The Schmoo, we get it. I know you, I'm familiar (laughs) with your deep love of the Schmoo. I I played your Schmoo role-playing game. It was crazy. (laughs) Hmm. That was a good time. I was actually thinking about that the other day, how much fun it was. I was Oprah in that game. You let me be Oprah in a role-playing game? Like, actually Oprah? Against my wishes. (laughs) Against my wishes, you role-played as Oprah. (laughs) It was really fun. Oprah? What? That's pretty good too. Could you only say the word Oprah? She can, no, that's uh, she can say a lot of them, but just uh, she can say a lot of normal words. Um, Beaker also says his own name, Hodor from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, Hodor. Um, uh, Lurch Armstrong from Hot Fuzz. There's a lot of these guys, but Groot is number oh, two yeah. of sixteen on this list of characters who can only say their own name, and one might have not actually existed. It might be an ad. Um, I, I'm psyched for uh, Moon Knight to get popular, mostly because I just love Oscar Isaac. I, yeah, he's I so good. I want nothing but good for that oh, guy. Oh, yeah, so, so I, I told you I like Oscar Isaac, and you told me that he's the reason why um, stuff exists. What was the... Oh, the uh, there's a really great interview with Ethan Hawke out there. Ethan, Ethan Hawke, Hawke. Uh, notoriously for years, has done nothing but shit on comic book movies. Setting that didn't want to do him. He's one of those that the death of cinema. He did say he, he did say the one exception is he likes Groot. Yeah, he probably <laughs> likes Groot. We he assume. Did by. Yeah, but, but uh, <laughs> there's a great interview with him when he talks about uh, the only reason why he's in this is because uh, he ran into Oscar Isaac at a coffee shop. And Oscar Isaac was like, hey, I love your work. And he was like, I love your work. And he's like, you should be in Moon Knight with me. He said, okay. So I imagine he (laughs) went home and was like, I'm in something called Moon Knight now. Uh, Must have been an even weirder call for Oscar Isaac to the producer. It was like, hey, do you got a role that Ethan Hawke could be in? Uh, He just said he was wanting to do it. And I guess he's going to now. And they were like, Uh, sure. Yes. Yeah. It's so weird that he's yeah. not doing it for the money. That would be a, like a good reason. It's another possible yeah. reason. But to hang out with Oscar Isaac, I would do a lot of projects. Yeah. It could be money, too. Oh, yeah. I would throw that out there as a yeah. possibility. Yeah, I think, yeah it's probably, it could be a little of both. The mouse has yeah. deep pockets, I've heard. I, well, but yeah. also famously doesn't like to pay people what they're worth. So uh, Actually, that's mm. true, too. Good point. All right. It's de- yeah, deep pockets, just... but they zip closed or something. Oh, those fake it's pockets. probably just cool guys seeing each other at the coffee oh, shop. Oh, yeah, they have yeah. deep fake pockets. They haven't actually, like, they, they're still sewed shut. They haven't cut them open yet mm-hmm. on their deep oh. pockets. They just bought these pants. Anyway, um, that's the superb owl. Um, let's rich, move on and talk about our movie. It's time for segment two, The Game. Every week in season five, we are playing our game, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, where we take turns choosing the next movie based on a common actor with the movie we just watched. And if we ever get to one of our four predetermined movies, that person scores five points, except Hunter, who ruins the game and gets ten. This week, <laughs> this week we watched the film The Third Man, the 1949 British film noir directed by Carol Reed, written by Graham Greene and starring Joseph Cotton, Alita Valley, who we know from our Suspiria episode, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Howard, and most importantly, just like in The Transformers, the movie, Orson Welles is lurking in the shadows somewhere. Yarr. So uh, this was Anthony's pick. We traveled via Orson Welles. Um, and if you are feeling deja vu, at the end of last season, we did a um, an episode where we each watched different movies. And I watched The Third Man. And so this is going to be the second time I'm talking about it. But the first time, everyone else has seen it. So for me, this is The yeah. Third Man, the second attempt. Everybody else, this is Third Man, first yeah. attempt. Is this our biggest jump for, for in terms of years? I it has to be. I yeah, mean, we're back in well, the 40s. What? I mean, from Steve Life Aquatic to One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest was also 40 years. Yeah, that's true. And then from One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest to Transform, like Transformers to this, this is probably the same as Life Aquatic to One Flew, right? Um, yeah, so that was that was uh, 40 years, and then this is 40 years the other direction. So, Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. f- 40 years further, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so similar. Uh, second uh, tied around um so um anthony you picked this partially because we enjoyed talking yeah. about it and i liked it and yeah. hunter liked it and you hadn't seen it yeah i'd always wanted to see this i was originally gonna do touch of evil which is a orson wells film that is really incredible has one of the most impressive opening shots in movie history um but um 
the studio it's a, the movie is about a, his, a Mexican detective and the studio forced him to make it being played by Charlton Heston. So mm. it's Charlton Heston and brown face the whole time. And I was like, maybe we cannot do that. Interesting. Uh, I, so I decided to go with another Orson Welles movie I'd never seen. Uh, he's only an actor in this, but he did like famously he wrote the Cuckoo Clock speech himself, and oh, definitely had it. a big hand on in um, sort of the stuff of this. But yeah, I was really excited to finally get to see this. This movie fucking rules. Yeah, um, I will say that there's a chance that we get to see some Charlton Heston later after this. Um, slight spoiler alert. Also, oh. it's interesting that we, we came in through Orson Welles because one of our house rules for this game, and I guess they're all house rules, we made up the game, but one of our rules is that you can't go out the way you came in. And it's too bad because mm-hmm. Orson, Orson Welles is in a lot of good movies and I'd be interested to explore more yeah. of them. But it also forced me to go further afield, I think, a little bit, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been fun if we had a role where he can only travel through uh, musical instruments used in the score. I mean, that would be normally That worthless. would really limit yeah. uh, what you could do with this one. Yeah, of uh-huh. course. This entire uh-huh. movie is um, scored by Anton with his zither. There's just one man, one yeah. instrument, the entire movie. Anton and, and his it zither. creates this great like dissonance where it's like this really jaunty fun music that becomes more like sinister the longer you hear it. Very true. Um, That's did you a guys good point. hear how they the director discovered the composer? I, I feel for like this? I can't remember if we talked about this or if I just read about it, but he like just yeah. heard him in a cafe, right? Yeah, and it was like you're scoring my movie. I mean, this is uh, they everybody who works in cafes. Yeah. I think is hoping uh, a director will oh, yeah, sit down. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, a lot of things, like, um, you know, reading about this movie, this, you know, so much has been written about this film, and um, a lot of it is, like, how much movies are, something we talked about before, like, lightning in the bottles, and, like, great movies are, like, very much luck, and, like, people fighting, and there were so many things, like, the studio and the writer really wanted a happy ending when the guy gets the girl at the end. Yeah, I believe that the book originally ends with him and the girl going off together and this movie famously yeah. ends with her just not giving a shit and walking right by him. A great, great snub. One of the greatest cinematic snubs I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Um, I love it so much. It's but yeah, so it's all cold. these it's, yeah, it is all these frigid. things that it was just the right place at the right day and things kind of fell into place. Um, but yeah, this movie looks incredible. Yeah. It has some of the best use of black and white I've ever seen. Um, it's really probably the best use of Dutch angles I've ever seen. Dutch angles is something like we talked about it when we talked about like the most recent Cowboy Bebop adaptation, Mm -hmm. which is something that uses Dutch angles constantly for no good reason. And it's incredibly distracting. But the way this film is shot, the fact that like they could have only made this movie when it got made because... Vienna was literally still in rumble, so they get all this great set yeah, design and very convenient all... rubble piles all over yeah, Vienna. But, Free rubble. But, <laughs> yeah, just the fact that like at any other time you could not have built all these bombed out sets That's in so... all these great cities. Where and were just... you gonna get them? On- only yeah, two it... times during the nineteen hundreds did you have an easily yeah. bombed out Europe. <laughs> yeah, and it just looks <laughs> so good this movie fucking rules i'm so glad it's very very cool by the way just for people listening at home in case you don't know so dutch angles are when the camera is sitting on your giant feet and pointed up because you're dutch so you have really big feet that's why they call Uh, it that no a dutch angle is when you uh take like a snack break in the middle of the day and you shoot it from the marshmallow going into your chocolate, <laughs> you know uh, that's that's oh, that a makes Dutch more angle. sense. I I feel like so yeah. a, a Dutch angle is where uh, you're just there's a lot of water trying to come into the set and you're just not letting it. You're just pushing yeah. the it's like du- a with, regular angle, yeah. but it has like a streusel topping. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always or maybe a, lot a crunch. Of streusel <laughs> you on can the, tell from the, the streusel lens. that's the giveaway. There's streusel on the lens. That's what makes it a Dutch angle. <laughs> A film podcast. We're film people, experts. I am Streusel Dutch. I think I, I should know something, Hunter. You I know more about angles, but I know more about Dutch people. Uh, I know everything it... about angles. Uh, I want to say something about Dutch angles real quick, just to any would-be filmmakers out there, because this is like what Cowboy Bebop got wrong. And I feel like mm. I see this in everything all the time. I see Dutch angles and things. I just want to say, for the record, the purpose of a Dutch angle is to make you feel weird mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so if it's a dutch angle you better want everybody to feel weird and cowboy bebop they don't want they're just like look at this dutch angle there's no like make you feel weird <laughs> it's just yeah look 
we did it. It's like, well, but there's a point to the look. Just saying. Yeah. Hey, I'm it's just cow- saying. Cowboy Bebop has replaced Battlefield Earth as like yeah. the go-to example of like how Dutch angles are, are yeah. like a uh, Dutch angles can be really beautiful. A lot of directors use them like uh, you put a gun in a toddler's hands. It's just wildly irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Somebody's yeah. gonna get hurt. Right. I don't know what you're thinking. And just um, to be clear, it, the reason it makes you feel weird is because it's just much more blunt than you're used to as far as angles go. It'll just tell you the truth, even if it's not a friendly truth. <laughs> it's a Dutch angle. <clears throat> I think it makes you feel weird because um, the Christmas traditions are fairly racist. <laughs> yeah, there are some issues. I'm not gonna lie. There are some some current issues uh still with my mom's Facebook friends. Yeah. Uh and Facebook cousins. Yeah, there there can be some issues here for sure. It makes you it makes you feel weird because it seems like you're standing weird. That's like you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like oh that's what it is. Because like because you just got weird. hit by a windmill. Yeah, it yeah, looks like you got hit by a so you're windmill, all tilted. and you're wearing some weird yeah. clogs, and they're shaped weird, you know? Mm. I will say, the thing about uh, about the racist Christmas traditions in, in Holland um, is that part does not need to exist, but I mm. do like the part where Santa has a mean helper, and if you're bad, he will beat you up and put you in a bag and take you to Spain. That part yeah. I do like. I like That's any Christmas great. tradition that has a negative side, and not yeah. just the... I love a Christmas demon whenever possible I, like, what, like the idea that what, you're bad and your punishment is you're going to spain that's a spain it, trip it, when my when my mom was a kid it was like north africa but um i've heard other people say that he puts you in a bag and takes you to spain and that like because oh, like, no because for us santa claus arrives like via flying sled on the roof from the north pole and in holland saint nick arrives on a boat which is more practical he just comes yeah, in from the sense. sea yeah very reasonable I guess they don't it. really think about like Saint Nick going everywhere. I guess for the Dutch, he, Saint He's Nick's only coming to the Dutch. Well, <laughs> like, also, yeah, you know, I was just reading about. I was learning more about the original Saint Nicholas, and like one of the reasons why he is like the saint for Christmas. He's like the saint of children because he like discovered a guy who was gonna who had killed his children and was making them into ham. He was like curing his children, dead children, what? was gonna eat them, and then Saint you- Nick banished that guy, brought the kids back to life, and unhammed them. That's a good miracle. He like took away the curing and salt and whatever and made them into kids again. That's that's Christmas to to me. Always wanted to unham, you know. Every time I see a ham. Okay, this has been a fun digression, but you guys were wondering back at home in case you've not seen the third man. You're like, what happens in this movie? Could somebody summarize for me? In just you got to do the summary. Four lost, bud. Four point summary for the movie The Third Man. And it's only four because I wrote one for the pr- the quick summary last time, and I only wanted to expand it a little bit. Okay. A broke cowboy novelist is summoned to post-war Vienna by, uh, by uh, well, looking for his friend, a job, and love, none of which he finds on a lasting basis. The trouble starts right after he arrives because his friend is late to pick him up. Very late. He's dead. He's a late friend. His late friend. This joke is from the um, Pinky and the Brain parody of this movie. Um, they always refer to him as the late brain and he's like why is he late he should be here by now um it's a good bit because like pinky like doesn't understand that the brain is supposed to be dead and is like comes back to life he just thinks he was gone for a little while anyway this is very fun back to work okay so his late friend so his late friend died under mysterious circumstances but they become even more mysterious when the police inform our cowboy that uh his friend was like a piece of shit who kills children with fake medicine yeah and based on zero uh information the cowboy is like not my buddy and goes on an adventure to try to uh prove the police wrong and then uh, well hey wait you missed something because he doesn't trust cops he doesn't like cops which is Mm. extremely reasonable in most cases although this cop did turn out to be like like mostly a good dude yeah and there's you know kind of like um an impression that him and uh harry had issues in the states with cops yeah they right? did like, like so they, back they in the day history yeah. with they um, did like little shenanigans shady stuff they did yeah, yeah they were like doing cute shenanigans and he finds has a hard time believing that his friend um went to a war zone and graduated to bigger shenanigans which seems very plausible yeah. to me. anyway he doesn't trust the police which is totally fair um and so he goes on an adventure to try to prove them wrong and in, which involves falling in love with his late friend's girlfriend and then together they prove 
that the cops were right. His friend was not innocent. It super does not work out. Um, and then some surprises happen, and then he does not get to hook up with his friend's girlfriend. Yeah. Famously. Mm-hmm. Snubbed. Yeah. That's the movie. Yeah. I don't know how... You know, there is kind of a, a, a thing... I already talked about it a little bit in the last episode, so I don't know why I'm being coy about it. There is, like, a big surprise in this movie. Yeah. But the big surprise is spoiled not by me on the podcast, but by the fact that Orson Welles is the star of this movie, and you don't yeah. see him for a long-ass yeah. time. And you're uh-huh. like, huh, I wonder if Orson Welles is ever going to show up to collect his paycheck for this movie. It's really... The surprise is not who it's that the whole time you're like who is orson welles playing in this movie that's all you really want to know yeah and all the surprises is who he's playing yeah that's it but i it's also like they kind of have that code in their pocket and they know they have it and they they the way they build up to it i mean every anime i've ever seen they work so hard to have people have really awesome big reveals, yeah. but no one has a better big reveal than Orson Welles in this movie. I mean, he, I knew it was coming, but his entrance so is amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, Go- when Goku turned so- Super Saiyan, nope. that was a pretty big reveal. Yeah, nope, we're not doing that's this. That's pretty dope. Nope. You invoked We're not talking about anime. And then you um, said that Orson Welles in the third man is better than Goku. Goku, Super Saiyan 1 Goku okay. could beat the heck out of Orson All Welles, right. and you know that. Anyway, I only like uh, characters that can only <laughs> say their own names. Um, so Orson Welles does reveal himself, and he's like, and it, it's great because it's what it's a, it's a one of those cat-based reveals. Right. That's how the twist of this Classic. movie comes out, is the yeah. cat only likes one person and then goes and starts smelling this guy's shoes, which I really like. But my favorite part of that reveal... So he's like hiding in the shadows. And then the guy's like, I see you over there. And then he reveals himself dramatically out of the shadows. And then a car goes by and he disappears. And you're like, what? He just disappeared. That's so cool. And then you hear just the loudest crunching footsteps as a large man runs on cobblestone yeah. in the wow. least subtle turn of, of events ever. He yeah, goes, I mean, Orson Welles is no Tom Cruise. He doesn't have the most elegant run. It's let not me tell you. Run. It's not, he, it's so nice. funny. Yeah. He goes from being so sneaky to being like, this is very funny. And that was the best take. That's like the craziest thing. That was the best take. And even then, better than Goku or whatever shit you were talking about. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, that, that fucking zoom in on his face and his smile, it is... I mean, it's a real shame <laughs> that Orson Welles, like, first film, he crossed one of the most powerful men in the world and that guy was very, very spiteful about it. Right. Because uh, Orson Welles is so good on screen. He is so charismatic and unique. I So um, I'm just assuming that he's a piece of shit because he's old Um and oh yeah i mean uh, it, yeah it, but but man he's real good in this <laughs> he's real good and i i will say this time this is the third time i've watched this <laughs> the most important time yeah, if you yeah. ask me this is your this watch. is your third watch the you're the third, third watch. man the third watch this I is your ninth laugh, man i laughed my butt off when he <laughs> smiled at it's like a breaking the fourth wall yeah. level smile at the camera, he's like, and I'm here. Hello. <laughs> like, yeah. as, if, as if you are clapping. As if you are clapping in the theater right now for the Orson Welles reveal. And you should clap, in my opinion. Prepare to clap when you watch it. <laughs> it's very clapworthy. Yeah, I mean, it's really great. Yeah. The fact that Orson Welles was like, what, he was 27 when he made Citizen Kane? Yeah. Right? Which is like insane to think and about. And brought he in like, like 20... hey, you're the greatest genius that's ever been on radio and theater. Can you try this new yeah. medium? And he's like, well, I'm 20. And then he nails it. It's crazy. Well, no, but Alex, do you remember from the Citizen Kane episode? Because what happened was Orson Welles had this old dude that like was the cinematographer for it. It was this real old guy and Orson Welles just asked him to do all this really difficult stuff that Orson didn't know how to do. Right. But the old dude was just like, okay, that's a huge pain in the ass, but I guess we'll do it that way. And he just did that for the whole movie. Yeah. And then the movie ended up great. I mean, that sounds like it could go very, very badly. Yeah. What did you say, Anthony? We'll dig holes in the ground so we can shoot the ceiling, you know, stuff like that. So so sometimes coming in as outsider can help. Um, Also, there was that movie from last year's Oscars that was like, (laughs) he did nothing. There was this other guy who was real smart. (laughs) He wrote the movie. We just never heard of him. Um, Yeah. But man, he's kind of. 
I think that's kind of fair with Orson Welles because one thing that I find with every Orson Welles movie is that there's some sort of rumor that he secretly directed it, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, yeah that is. I was yeah. reading about other things that we could maybe watch after this, and like several of the things were like um, Orson apparently wrote and directed the first scene, although he's not credited. You're like, what? what? Come on. <laughs> You just brought him in, and he did he did he force himself? Like, did he come yeah, out and see, was like, "I'm directing this"? Did he just start I think he's directing? Kind of bossy. Yeah, I think he's just kind of bossy and annoying. Probably, he's probably a bit of a handful. Can you? Okay, so but I think I know him. You know, I mean, I mostly think of Citizen Kane, which he is also in. But like, what is his acting career like? Or is is what else do we know him from? What else is well, he like? I mean, I. I've only ever really seen him, besides obviously now Transformers the movie. Right, but, uh, the Transformers the movie. He, he's in. He's very. Good. He's in most of his own movies, so he's like the villain in Touch of Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's in the Lady from Shanghai, the Magnificent Ambersons. Um, but yeah, he like acts in most of his movies. You know what um, I like? The Orson Welles things I like is uh, F for Fake. That's a cool yeah. movie. You should see F for Fake. You've it's told me this. Cool. I don't even before, want to talk about it before. But. Tell me, tell me why? Because I, I, I have it queued up. It's in one of my queues, and I was like, I can't remember why I was supposed to watch this. It's like a video essay, and it's like a, I don't know. It's he, it's really he invented YouTube forty years before it happened. Basically, I mean, basically, yeah. yeah it's the first yeah. YouTube. That's that would be my yeah. pitch for F for Fake. Huh. It's the first YouTube video. Actually, maybe that doesn't work that well for you. For me, yeah. that works. For you, yeah. maybe that doesn't work so much, but you should watch it. Yeah, I, it's I mean, very hard to describe what this movie is. F for fake. Did, did you know that Orson Welles was also a magician? Yeah, I didn't know uh, at that. The beginning of F for fake, yeah. he does like a magic trick or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. If we if we had ever yeah. met, we would have had some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um. So I love this movie as well, and I told you guys this back at Christmas, but my I. Oh, also, if the listener at home is like, man, they're not letting Ezra get a word in edgewise. Ezra's mom just got a flat tire at a gardening store, and so he left to go yeah. help her. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to finish this up without him. So I love the setup of the story so much. I just mean, like five. And if you don't believe that, maybe start investigating around, asking questions. <laughs> Look, I'm not a cop telling you this. You? If a cop told yeah, you this, this, don't believe him, but I'm not a yeah. cop, so. If a porter is like, I saw Alex carrying Ezra out, maybe so going deeper. It's Ezra yeah. and his mom and a third man leaving this gardening store. Um, so I okay. So this movie though, the start is this guy who's like, "Hey, I'm I'm not doing great. My my novels are on the downswing. I got a letter from my friend who's like, come to Vienna. I got a job for you.'" And so he just shows up. He doesn't, and then he immediately finds out his friend has been murdered. So he knows nobody in this town. He has right. no money to get home. The way Vienna is set up after World War II, there's four zones. Um, from run by different countries and three of them are not primarily speaking English. So he's constantly running into people with language. He does, he does not speak. It is a really cool setup for the beginning of a noir and the mystery mystery. of like his friend, he's like trying to figure out, Oh, maybe his friend was actually murdered, which is itself a red herring for what the actual surprise and mystery is, Mm. is really good. It's such a good story. Mm. Yeah, it's set up really well. The way, like, it is, like, this feeling of, uh, like, an American coming into this, and especially, like, a post-war sense of, like, Americans are going to have to start to get their hands dirty in this mess. Yeah. Like, and in the world that we had a part in now helping established, right? He comes in as such, like, this innocent, doughy... I mean, it feels very anti-American, this movie. A little uh, bit, yeah. It like, feels the, very the much The one like, British guy who likes him is, like... Oh, you're a novelist. Come meet, come to our art meeting, and then everyone there is just like, "Where do you put James Joyce on the?" And then he's an idiot. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. Like well, Americans I, are idiots. Their art is not valid. I mean, there's little things like the fact that in the middle of a play, he's like, "I'm gonna go talk to an actress." That's like a thing I can do because I'm a cowboy American. Yeah, he's we're very dumb cowboy. idiots. Yeah, we're fucking morons. We're rude and we're drunk. Yeah, she, she says the like, very reasonable thing. Let's talk after yeah. the play. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. I'm trying to. I got to hit my fucking mark. All right, hold on. Um, but yeah, it is. It it does feel very much like this. Play, like where is okay? America is now this major superpower. Everyone has to deal with. Where is their place in it? And it's. I mean, the movie ends with him like realizing he's in over his head. Everything's fucked, and he's gonna have to do something horrible. Right. And by do something horrible, and, like, you mean work with the police. Yeah. Yeah. Work with us, please. 
kill your best friend. You know, it's not a horrible thing. Stuff. Oh, I wasn't. Gonna, I was doing yeah. a little jokey joke. You can say yeah. the real thing. Yeah. Well, um, also, yeah. well, okay. You, I am a little bit confused about that part. You said best friend, and it does seem like maybe they've been out of touch for kind of a while. It seems like Orson Welles has gotten into a lot of shit and not told him. So maybe they weren't that oh, close. Yeah. I don't think they were that close. Uh, you just like just from the vibes, you know the part where it seems like Orson Welles might kill him. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah constantly to... threatening to kill him real casually. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're besties. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to my bestie. You no, know? I would never. Yeah. I'd do that to well, like acquaintances, but not besties. Yeah. Anyone who's well, below top that... ten friends would I would yeah. threaten to kill them, but nobody in the Subtle top ten. Subtle murder suggestions. Every, yeah. yeah you know. Everyone in this movie says like, "Oh, Harry was my best friend," right? Like he he has this kind of thing where he's sort of like. Yeah, everyone is convenient yeah. to him. You know, everyone has like is only convenient to him till he doesn't need them anymore. You know, that's a good point. Um, and he is like Orson is does like just a perfect job of charming sociopath. That speech oh, yeah. that he allegedly wrote and possibly even directed, um, yeah. where they're on the on the um, carousel <laughs> Ferris or wheel. Ferris wheel, they're on the Ferris wheel, and he's just talking about how chill it is. Like, no, don't don't bother me with your morals. Killing people is very easy. There, look at them; they're very far away. Is so perfectly charming and fucked up. I mean, it's yeah. an incredible yeah. charming sociopath character. Yeah, it's an incredible incredible speech delivered so well. Every Every line he has, he is like such a great, unique voice. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, and like one of the things really sad about Transformers is that they had to modulate his voice so much. But his and the only thing sad about that so movie, unique. honestly, everything else was yeah, perfect. That's it. The yeah, rest of it was perfect. an endless yeah. joy. It was a beautiful well, yeah, work. The problem is he tried to ghost direct it, but they wouldn't let it. <laughs> I mean, that's where it went wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's he had the rumor. He, 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 he art directed that movie. Unicron should be standing in shadow. <laughs> I do. Yeah, you mentioned the scene too. So, like, the use of shadows plays so well in this bombed out mm. Vienna, and it like it it lends itself to so many cool things. It's got the rubble. It's got these cafes, but it also has the nicest sewer system I've ever seen. Oh yeah, like yeah. A, like most really of the last well act for some reason. It's super beautifully well lit. well lit. It is the the water looks very clean. Just yeah. high brick arches, just large yep. arching ceilings, but also a lot of different little hidey holes, little directions you can go. The access to the sewer is very easy. There's just like phone booths with spiral staircases. But my my favorite part of the sewer was there's a place where there's a waterfall and a hole that you have to go through the waterfall to get into that pipe. That and the, like the there's a yeah. part where the cops are there's like. The, the the climactic action sequence is Orson Welles running away through the sewer system um, of beautiful uh, underground Vienna and like 2,000 military police chasing him. But there's a part where like three of the military police have to like use a rope and rappel down some bricks and two out of three of them fall in the water and then have <laughs> to dive through the, the waterfall. And it's just dudes getting wet in a sewer. I mean, there's no way around that. Those guys yeah. were getting wet in that sewer. And it is just it's just beautiful and hilarious and perfect. Yeah, and, and it just looks so clean. It doesn't look stinky at all. It like, looks. No one, complains one of them about says the smell. it smells sweet, and I think he was being sarcastic, but it looks like it smells yeah. sweet. It looks like no, you could it, for sure eat in there. Yeah, you could not have a chase scene like that in the New York City sewer. That's no, for sure. no. Well, You'd that's because be there's all the um, there's all the the chuds down there, all the alligators, yeah, sharks, and the, alligators, and the teenage and the, the cannibals, the turtles, <laughs> a lot of things down there. But yeah, yeah. not in Vienna, man. It is just it's it's no empty, there. beautiful, no turtles at all. It's yeah, nice. again, just another one of those things that's just like incredible set design because they just went to a real place and <laughs> that, used that what was, they actually had, you know? It's currently experiencing it's, trauma. It was a really smart move. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, I mean, reality all the, design is what it was. <laughs> yeah, like the, uh, like Harry's apartment that we're in for a oh, little bit yeah. and like the way you get into like it's this half bomb building and then you turn around this hallway and it's like this beautiful marble everywhere. And then, um, and then the, and then her, um, his girlfriend's apartment, where there's just an old lady wearing a blanket, just yelling in a language <laughs> you don't understand every time yeah, you go yeah. in. It's great. Yeah, yeah that was. I mean, my one of my character. favorite. Yeah, she was. My great. favorite moment. One of my favorite moments in this movie is like I love these like really little touches that you get in uh, those we talked about like at home for the holidays, the way Holly Hunter like grabs some silverware without, without looking, looking yeah, because yeah. like she just knows the house so well. She yeah. grew up there, so it's this thing. There's a very similar moment in this movie when um, uh, the female lead uh, uh, is 
answering a phone in Harry's apartment. And she reaches into a box and pulls out dice without Yeah, she, she pulls out, she it, just, it looks like backgammon dice. It's got a little shaker yeah. cup. But she just knows it's there. And it's like yeah. these little touches that imply how much time she has spent in this room. Yeah, how that's How well so true. she knows it. It's such a beautiful little touch. That is a great touch. I, yeah, I didn't even thought of that. I, I, I saw that, the the silverware one, but I did not even notice that. I was like, weird, dice. Um, but yeah, that's so true. Um, I also loved the use of language, which I mentioned last time too. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that they're in a place where three quarters of the city speak three different languages besides English and the movie does not translate them. Although, as I mentioned before, yeah. Netflix, when they aired this for a couple of years, they just subtitled it for everybody without you turning Jeez. it on and just Aww. took that whole thing, which really does screw up this That's movie. Really it was, yeah. it seems crazy. Um, I want to ask a question real quick, Alex. Yeah. Are you counting British English as a not understandable language <laughs> to americans because you keep saying there's three I, it was because it's it was four se- french four quadrants the soviets so friends french, french soviets, russians british and americans oh that it was british and americans four. i thought the because we don't see any americans i didn't think there was an american sector i assumed it was I, like austrian i thought I, you were making some, some sort, people no, are speaking a, austrian at the first character you see yeah besides uh joseph cotton the first character that joseph cotton meets is american that guy in that weird helmet oh because mm-hmm. it's like it's really funny, actually, because at the beginning of the movie, they're like, this is like set in Austria. It's going to be all like weird or whatever. And then like he meets his first guy and he's like, hey, dude, what's up? Like, <laughs> it's, very, it's, not, it's actually not very foreign feeling at first. And then the next scene, like, yeah. So there's so. four qu- quadrants of this Austrian city and not one of those quadrants is Austrian. Mm. No, I mean, I guess you're that's fair. There definitely are people speaking German. Yeah. In or Austrian. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should say. Yeah, uh, like the movie. landlord. Uh, yeah, the, she speaks German. But also, yeah. now that we're mentioning it, British English is—it's very confusing. Yeah, uh, like bonnet. What I does like that mean? That's here. not a part of a car. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Brexit. I don't want to get into your lift. Okay. Trolley. So, right? Yeah. 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 I ride elevators, not lifts. Oh, you dude. Fucking asshole. Uh, I was. Wa- uh, we were. Uh, 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 we were watching. Uh, we were watching a British uh, thing the other day, and uh, she referred to Saint Bernards as Saint Bernards. Which I really no. liked, yeah. Um, and said no. that they had rabies, but pronounced it they were they were rabid. They she used the phrase "rabid Saint Bernards." This you have no idea what they're talking about. It's ridiculous. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I can't put up with it anymore. You know, <laughs> I just can't. We won this war can't. anyway. Okay, never mind. I mean, this bit is over. <laughs> the point is. Um, that the ha- not being able to under- us not being able to understand the people speaking Russian or mm-hmm. German um, is really good and just yeah. Yeah. adds to you feeling trapped the way he feels trapped. Totally, and is just as confused as him. I really like that Anna. Uh, her conflict is that she has fake. She has a forged passport, and the reason she has a forged passport is because she's Russian, and that's the only reason. <laughs> she doesn't want to be Russian. So she has a fake passport, and that's hilarious. It is hilarious. Yeah, that is fun. Um, but you were talking about like her, how lived in she is. Like Her character is so interesting, because she basically is like, I have found out that my boyfriend is a mass murderer, and I'm mostly okay with it. Yeah, like she she just goes on an interesting journey where she's like really upset, and then she's like, "But that's my Howie," you know. Like it's just a very yeah. funny vibe to it, uh, but really interesting. Uh, I like her a lot in this. Yeah, I honestly I feel like I read her ethics as more like she's just kind of like kind of neutral on the whole thing. Like she's just like this is someone <laughs> yeah. I love on, on I'm mass just murder stay out of it. Just yeah, I see well, both sides I mean, of it. It's very there, weird, but I feel like thing, that's, like, her line. Yeah. There's this thing in the movie where, like, again, that sort of, like, American-centric point of view of, like, you know, he writes cowboy novels with good, clear good guys and bad guys, right? Right. And it's like, Anna survived the fucking war. Right. We don't know what she had to do to survive the war. Yeah. You know, Nazi occupation, you know, all of these things that happened. British like, people these around. These people's... Yeah, their morals and, like, everything is so unclear and so not black and white. I mean, this whole movie is a, a mix of shadows and grays, right? Mm-hmm. That's the world that, uh, the you know, Joseph Cotton's character is coming into. That's 
he doesn't realize he's in that world for so long. He spends most of his time thinking again. Like he, he even talks about how when he's in the when he's doing the propaganda lecture and he's going in that back and forth with a guy about how he's like writing a story, but you know, they're talking about it. But like he thinks he's writing his heroic story. He's like a good guy in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, in his next novel, yeah. you know, but it's everyone there has gone through such horrors and stuff that like the idea of like thinking of it as just like oh harry did something good or harry did something bad right like that just gets washed away and that's like a part of what makes hannah's rejection at the end so satisfying right because he's he's living in this cowboy novel and in the end of the cowboy novel she has to go off right off into the sunset with him and then she doesn't and he doesn't he's he's taken aback oh that's such a good point man this movie's pretty solid yeah this movie's really good i just wanted to say just like to make a little time just to say this like i hope listener that you are not really paying much attention to us and that maybe you consider turning us off and just watching the movie well, like for real, I mean, this it, is one like i just think you should watch this one i've like, read all of the good. mail that we've ever received hunter and i think um the general answer is people are not paying super close attention to us oh, and that's not God. that's not to say that you guys are writing in and you're confused it's just like people are writing in and are being like i use you to fall asleep and it's so like you're we're getting the right amount of attention that but yeah i would consider watching this movie let's let's wrap up on that let's say yeah um now that we've spoiled everything you should go back and watch this movie because it is pretty good um but let's find out how good as we move into segment three the master list whoa I think this is probably our most interesting choice that we've had to make in a little while. Um, so mm-hmm. each movie in season five, we are ranking in a master list of quality from season five, um, which we have not decided why we're doing this yet, but I think it is going to come to play in the game somehow. That's what I think. No, now. We are building the definitive list of films from and season we can five. You only do the films. Yeah. No, just yeah. of all time. These are the all greatest time. movies of all time. That's the all way time. I see it. Well, as uh, of right now, I, and I think we you're are right. slowly critically analyzing one movie at a time yep. to build a master list of the greatest movies yep. of all time. I do. Yep. I think that's so true. That's and I, but I think there the also might be this. some value. I was thinking at the end of this, we could go back and run an analysis on who picked which movies and you could score more points for how good the movies you picked were. We could see or bad or, or bad be as who picked the best movies or who picked are. the worst movies. I will also say just because it's so rare that listeners write in to agree with me, um, but I and you tell uh, us every time they do, don't you? I <laughs> no, it's happening lots and lots of times, and I'm just not mentioning it. So, um, uh, your boy Discordian Stooge said he was going to watch. Uh, they were going to watch uh, um, Edge of Tomorrow because a sec- now two different podcasts have told them to watch it. And oh yeah, I, and so I just yeah. retweeted it from us along with the uh, the comment. It's better than Apollo 13. And uh, our, our longtime listener, Paul, um, responded, this tweetment has been flagged as false by Twitter. So just to be clear, <laughs> not everybody thinks it's perfectly obvious that it is better than Apollo 13. But apparently uh, it is. But let's find out. Really so let's start at the bottom and work our way up. I don't know how we'll do this in the long run, but that's what we're going to do today. Is The Third Man better or worse than The Transformers, the movie? Um. Well, which movie has the in the title more? That would be the the, the Transformers. The, the Transformers movie. movie does have that going for it, but there's other things it doesn't have going for it, um, like quality. I mean, yeah. Transformers does certainly have far more color in it. Okay, well, okay, know? okay. Is, yeah, is but, the third man better or worse than the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Yeah, I'd the third say man's yes. better than. I think Life it's better. Aquatic. Than yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Now we get interesting. Now we're into the top three. Um, can it break into the top three? Is The Third Man, 1949, better than Apollo 13, 1995? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. I really yeah, like Apollo totally 13. Is. So this is the weird thing with my voting now is because we're because the top three are in a weird order. I'm going to uh-huh. say I'm having for trouble you. with this, but I'm going to allow it. But I am not going to have trouble with the next one. So is The Third Man, okay, so currently in third place, is it better or worse than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay, so now we have oh, we an interesting lo- we choice. We love the third man. Is yeah. the third man better or worse than Edge of Tomorrow? Okay, now here is where I'm sad that Ezra is not here with us. Mm. Because I feel like I want to speak for Ezra, because I feel like if Ezra was here, we would both do a bit where we said that Edge of Tomorrow was better than the third man, and it would be really funny, but Ezra's not here. Yeah. And so I don't have to play that role. So, I, yeah, I think The Third Man's way better than Edge of Tomorrow. Third Man's one of the best movies ever made. So bro. do you think yeah. that 
Wait, so wait, so if you had Ezra's backup, you would do the bit, but without him, the bit's not fun to do. Here's what would happen if Ezra was here. I, this is I'm just doing this for Ezra right now. I hope you're listening, buddy. Okay. If Ezra was here, Ezra would say, no, Edge of Tomorrow is better than Third Man. And in that moment, I would say, so true. You're so right. So you would never do this bit, but you would happily be his his hype man for the bit. I would happily hype Ezra in some sort of Edge of Tomorrow is superior Anthony, are you you interested in making an argument that Edge of Tomorrow is better than the Third Man? I mean... They're both very good movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, they're both very entertaining. Um, Edge of Tomorrow certainly has much better special effects. Yes, special uh, special it, effects. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think the thing that I have to give uh, Third Man is Edge of Tomorrow, for all of its greatness, doesn't have a scene where a three-story shadow walks around the corner and is revealed to be a man holding a bunch of balloons. <laughs> which is something that I never knew I like needed in my life yeah. so much. By far yeah. the best um, use of balloon salesman in a movie in a while. Um, oh, dude. yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, all right. I'm going to go with it. We're going to make this easy. I agree. The Third Man is better than Edge of Tomorrow, which makes it the current number one reigning best film of all time out of six. Yeah. On our master quality list. Okay. Dude, I want to say something about the balloon man real quick. The first, I remember the first time I saw the movie, I was so like horny for Orson Welles uh-huh. that when the balloon guy showed up, I was like, that's Orson Welles wearing a fake beard. I, I thought so it. too. <laughs> I was wondering. I definitely considered that for a second. Like some Mission Impossible stuff. He pulls off the mask. Yeah, I you know? definitely, there was definitely a while where I was waiting for, or that he was like sent by to go like reveal where the police were or something yeah 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 that's a good point um okay so that and that satisfies that and now it's time to get into segment 3.5 what's what are we watching next week uh quick reminder of the turn or turn order anthony picked first this round now it's my turn next week is ezra and then hunter and i will Mm -hmm. say this is gonna be i have kind of a little bit of talking to do here but i first tried to see if i could score my points and the answer is no (laughs) <laughs> but then there's no straight line from this to the cable guy there was not there well, just isn't, huh? he, okay i will say not as far of a line as you'd think so if you right. we, if we watched the deadly game which also has trevor howard in it that would set up ezra to give me the points by traveling via george seagal into cable guy are you serious so i am two moves away and ezra could do it for me but so far, it has seemed like no one is interested in helping me under any circumstances. And, I'll help you. And I, I appreciate that, Hunter. Thank you. Um, it's too late. Um, but <laughs> And also, uh, The Deadly Game is a like um, made-for-TV movie, and we haven't talked about if that counts. Yeah. But um, it would feel a little bit weird, but man, two moves, possible. But then I was like, okay, what would be better is if I could set up Ezra and then Ezra could just get his points and owe me a favor. That would be worthwhile. And it was pretty tough. Um, There was not a good pick for me to set up Ezra. So then I was like, can I set up Anthony? Can I set up Hunter? Well, obviously, Hunter, I really wanted to help you because I thought, could I get set up where Ezra could then set up and then you could get it? Dude. And yours is so goddamn hard that three people working together is too much. There's so many German actors in this movie. How is it so difficult? No, segment 3.9, Battleship Potemkin update. Okay. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Turns out, (laughs) believe it or not, and I looked, I did way more homework on this one than I've done on any film (laughs) that we've watched thus far. Turns out, we could have gotten to Battleship Potemkin faster from The Transformers the movie (laughs) than from The Third Man. Explain to me how that works. How is this going to work? Well, so this movie does not have a huge cast, and like half of the cast is uncredited, um, which I think we still would have allowed because they're listed as uncredited. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. There's a lot of people in this movie who are not in a ton of other movies, so it right. did kind of corner us a little bit. But I would have loved to have a way that I could give Ezra the ball to give you the ball to score your points. We would a, a, a three person alley oop would have been great fun, and I could not figure it out. And this is by far my least favorite part of prepping for this show is doing all of the research to figure out. If I knew a lot, it'd be it's easier. But it's so many different. It's like so there's a really easy website that'll be like actor to actor. 
But there right. is not a website that I've found. I'm open to it. If it exists, I can't find it. That is movie to movie. And right. it's the same database as the actor to actor one. All they have to do is let me choose a different rung on the ladder and move around. Mm-hmm. But without that, it's like I have to take every actor in this movie and search mm-hmm. them in the in the Kevin Bacon Oracle yes. via every actor in your movie and then right. base, try to do some math. Anyway, it's it's annoying. It's difficult. So then I was like, what if I just picked something interesting that would give a lot of people help? So if I watched around the if we watched around the world in eighty days via Trevor Howard, that has two thousand actors in it because it's just got yes. a huge number of cameos and it's in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could set this up and it it might go to Anthony's movie, it might go to Hunter's movie in two moves. It's probably not going to go all the way up to Ezra's movie, but like that gives us a lot of fun options. But also, I just read that book recently, and it's super racist. And I do not think the ah. 1950s version is going to solve that problem. Just to guess, oh, they weren't progressive in the 1950s. I, not, I didn't know. They weren't quite they, yet. They, they were working on it. Racist stuff. So uh, then I was like, uh, why don't I just pick an interesting movie that has like one of these main actors that I don't know, like what's going on? So like, what's Joseph Cotton in? Dude, so, yeah, I love Joseph. Cotton. So one thing Joseph yeah. Cotton is in is he's in the movie Heaven's Gate from 1980. Are you guys familiar with Heaven's oh, Gate? Yes, 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 yes. So Heaven's yes. Gate, it, okay, so just to catch people up, because I'd never heard of this. So this is just my recent research, but Heaven's Gate is a Western that lost $50 million that mm-hmm. when it came out was considered one of the worst movies of all time and has been go- undergoing somewhat of a renaissance recently where partly it was like there was a really bad cut of the movie and a good cut has made it one of the best movies of all time. And mm-hmm. that's a really interesting movie to discuss. And I was like mostly on board. I was like really close to wanting to watch this. And yeah, then yeah. I read the uh, animal cruelty section. Oh no. And this is so uh, heaven's gate is a movie that the ASPCA has asked people not to watch because they not just like didn't care about animals or hurt animals, but like sort of intentionally tortured a lot of animals in the movie. Uh. They did a lot of really gnarly stuff that I don't even want to talk about. It made me really upset. And so I was like almost interested in the movie, but then I was like, there's just a lot of movies that didn't torture horses. And so I feel like I can just not. So intriguing, but I just can't, I cannot morally bring myself to do it. Trevor Howard was in the first Superman movie. Just throwing that out there. That's so a that's good a good movie. option. That is a good option. I also f- could. Oh, could g- he's also in Brief Encounters, which I've never seen. I've always wanted I to don't see. Know much about that. Um, Joseph Cotton is also in Tora Tora Tora, which would give as the oh, option yeah. of scoring points by via uh, for Anthony. Sorry, as could score for you, Anthony, because your your turns out. But I could if we did that, then we're one movie away from taking Pelham one two three one one actor away. So if I, so, as and I could together set you up with Tora Tora Tora. Um, but that feels weird to like, cause as, especially now that is not here to make the deal. Anyway, here's what I've decided. All of that was preamble. Um, oh, actually quick, quick, an interjection. Um, Ezra has just texted me to say third man is better than edge of tomorrow. Does my vote count? Oh yeah, (laughs) which it does not because we already got it. We already did it. No, we don't have to just like regular democracy. Let's just uh, the three of us and the audience. Let's just lie to Ezra real quick (laughs) and tell him he broke that that we were we almost went the other way. Tell him Hunter had a knife at Alex's throat (laughs) and they were really fighting. But then Ezra's vote tipped the scales and Third Man won. So I decided this is actually not super helpful to anybody. I decided to just go with something that I am interested in watching, which I have there we go. heard about a lot, but I've yeah. never seen. Um, I don't know if it's good or not, but importantly, it's set in 2022. And I think that's oh, a good shoot. thing to watch is a future. And it actually gave me an idea for like a spinoff podcast we could do be called the, called the future is now where we watch movies that are set in the future that are this year. And then like each I year you watch the new movies from that that are set in that year and yeah. talk about it. So that film is a, is a film where I know the ending and literally nothing else about it. Soylent Green. Soylent Green. Wow. Soylent Green is yeah. is a I, I know the ending I don't know anything else about the movie it's got yeah. Charlton Heston and it is set in 2022 so and I have eat, mm. I've not eaten any people crackers this year um, that I know of um, I don't know if that's a weird way to say that but I, I yeah I, I don't think we're largely eating people we are kind of experimenting with like mm. chips made out of crickets but not quite anyway so I think they might have missed on whether or not the future is now but um, that's what we're gonna do next week we are watching Soylent Green via joseph joseph cotton that is our move yeah how do you guys joseph feel about this cotton. good i just reminded me when we watched blade runner in 2019 yeah 
Perfect. Yeah, that movie takes place in 2019. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. we did The Future yeah, Was I'm Now. Soylent Green is one of those movies that um, it's like everyone knows the ending of it so well right. that I'm very excited to actually see the rest of the movie. Yeah, I've never I seen have never it seen either. it myself. Uh, yeah. That's, this is gonna be cool. Um, <laughs> uh, also, one more update from Ezra. I said I, what I texted him was I said um, Hunter has said that if you had done as a bit, he would have gone with you, and he said, "Okay, I'm in." Edge of Tomorrow is the best movie ever. So now, <laughs> now we got to know. Anyway, Ezra's still participating from afar. Um, okay, so we will jo- we will be back next week with uh, Silent Green, and we'll find out how we get to that place we all know, mm-hmm. and then no one will score any points ever. This game is too hard. Yeah, well, yeah. we need more. We need more abilities. Yep, yeah, we're going to add some, gonna after this run. We have a couple more weeks, and then we're going to start adding abilities, and we're going to start scoring some points, I think. Because there are a okay. lot of things. We originally had talked about doing two steps, and then I kind of thought it was too complicated, and so I wanted to see what one step works. But if we did two steps, mm. the world is our oyster. You could do a lot of interesting stuff yeah. if well, you could travel me. twice. The Except world is not my oyster. <laughs> yeah. but... Good thing you don't like oysters, because it's never happening. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be back again next week talking about Soylent Green. In the meantime, if you have any feedback for us, questions, comments, um, if you want to argue that Edge of Tomorrow is better than The Third Man or that we should watch horse torture movies, get in touch. Podcast at read-weep.com is the best email. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and we really appreciate everybody who writes into the show. Um, Also, in order of how likely I am to remember that you wrote in, it's email, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook is the one I'm most likely to forget to check. So email is the easiest because it just goes right into my my, uh, mailbag notes. But uh, the other ones I'll try to get to. Uh, But we really appreciate everybody who writes in. And we especially appreciate our gullible meat buddies. Thank you guys for continuing to pay for something that is free. Um, Thanks in... uh, uh, in absentium to Ezra for being part of the show a little bit. Um, he did the least amount of work possible. But really, thank you to my heroes who stuck around the whole time and didn't help their moms with the tire. Um, Hunter, thanks for being with me. Yeah, hey, thank you. Good talking to you. Um, check out Hunter's podcast, Old Gamers Almanac. Yeah. Uh, that he's this week for- we're talking about Killer Instinct, if you like Killer Instinct. That's a Hell that's yeah. thing we're talking about. I... I I have no idea what that is. Um, Anthony, yeah. also, thanks for joining us. This is a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to next week. Good pick. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see this ga- where this goes. Uh, everybody have a cracker. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Psh. Bye.